Give me that first love. Amen. Why don't we consecrate ourselves to that? We're going to invite our brother Stephen to come as we just sing this, and, and we'll invite him to come. Oh, Lord, please light the fire that once burned bright and the fire. Please light the fire that once burned together precious heavenly father lord that's our prayer tonight dear god we just want you to rekindle the fire dear god lord something about a fire that the more fuel we add to it the brighter it burns and lord may just keep pouring on the oil tonight lord and lord just father may it just glow so bright dear god that those around us would be drawn to that flame of your Holy Spirit, Lord. Lord Jesus, like, like Abraham, dear God, when, when you were speaking to him and, and telling him about the judgment that, he was, that was coming upon Sodom, and he said, Lord, would you spare the city if there'd be 50 righteous, if there'd be 40, if there'd be 30? Lord God, if there'd be even 10 righteous left, in this city, Lord, may our flame burn brightly, dear God, and draw them, Lord, to Jesus Christ. Father God, you know our hearts and our desires, and Lord, we just commit this service to you and ask that you would bless it, dear God. Bless, be with our brother down in Trinidad, dear God, who is suffering, Lord. He's lost his wife and lost his daughter, and Lord, now he's suffering himself, Father. We just pray that you would speak to him, O oh God. Lord, may you come and, and, Lord, just move upon his life. May your Holy Spirit draw near to him, O oh God. Lord Jesus, we just commit him to you, dear God. And, Lord, we pray that you would come and move in the service tonight. Maybe there be some sick amongst us, dear God. May you come and increase our faith, Lord Jesus. 
because, Lord, your promises are yea and amen. They're not here today and gone tomorrow, but they are sure. And, Lord God, we just need the faith to lay a hold of it. And faith truly comes by hearing the word. Lord, may we not just hear it with our ears, O God, but may we hear it with our hearts. And, Lord Jesus, may your word be mixed with faith in our hearts and produce the result that we need in our lives, O God. Lord, because the answer to every question and every need is in you, Lord. Come, Father, we pray. Bless your people once again, we ask in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you, musicians. Certainly appreciate the song service and the specials. want to bring you greetings tonight from Grand Prairie, the saints there, and Brother Darren. Amen. It's good to be here amongst friends. I wish the whole family could be here, but you know how it is with school and and uh, when your wife is raised on a farm, you know, she's got to have lots of animals around. It's hard to leave them behind, and you've got to have someone to look after them. Amen. But we're here and bringing greetings from them. And uh, why don't we take our Bibles together? We're going to turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 6. I'm going to speak tonight on the, the test of the heart. It's a bit of a new experience for me. I work in, uh, working at the same company as Brother Anthony, and, and uh, it's, not, it's unusual for me to get to work with another believer, and, and uh, it's, been, it's been a, a wonderful time. Certainly appreciate them and don't know them very well yet, but I'm sure by the end of December we'll know each other real well. <laughs> Sorry, I just get to get talking and always forget to turn pages in my Bible. Don't mean to keep you standing. Matthew 6, verse 21. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Amen. May God add his blessing to the word. You could have your seats. Just also want to quote one more scripture from Matthew chapter 13. Jesus is speaking about the kingdom of heaven, and he gives us many parables about the kingdom of heaven. But in this one particular one, he says, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. So he, he had deemed that to be more important than everything else that he had. That's the only reason why you would give up everything else to go and purchase that one is if you counted it of more value. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be worthwhile to get something of the same value, but if you can increase what you have by getting something more valuable, then it's worth the expenditure. And so he he determined that it, it was a pearl of great price. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't an ordinary pearl, but it was something that was worth selling everything that he had in order to purchase it. And that is what the kingdom of heaven is like. Jesus said, it's worth everything that you have. Give everything that you have that you might obtain that pearl of great price, that you might enter in. And as, as he says in Matthew 6, where your treasure is, there 
will your heart be also? And we want to speak about, about the test of your heart because that's really the question is, where is your heart? Because where you've placed your treasure, that's where your heart is. And, and, and we can all look at one another and, and we can see uh, what kind of house we live in. We can see what kind of car we drive and we can see maybe what kind of job we have. And so we can estimate maybe how much money that we make. But, but that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about where you hold value. He's talking about because treasure is a deposit of value. It doesn't necessarily mean money or goods, but it, it means what do you value. And Jesus says, where, what you place your value in, that's where your heart will be. Whatever is most valuable to you. And, and if that happens to be your money, then that's where your heart will be. You'll follow after money. Wherever you can make an extra dime, make an extra dollar, you'll, that's what you'll follow. That's what you'll chase after. But it can mean many different things. It could also mean your, your family. If your family is the most valuable thing to you, that's where your heart will be. And if your family starts to stray away from, away from God, your heart will follow after them and you'll find yourself straying away from God. Maybe your career is, is where you hold the most value and your, your life will uh, your, your life will show that forth if, you, if your career is more valuable to you than anything else in the world then, then that's what you'll follow after and as your career leads you here and leads you there and leads you to do this and leads you to do, the, to do that that's what you'll do no matter what you have to compromise on no matter what you have to give up no matter what, who you have to disappoint if your career is most important that's what you're going to chase after but if the word of God is the most important thing to you, then no matter what else comes your way, no matter, no matter what kind of hardships come, no matter what you have to give up to follow after God, no matter how hard times come, no matter how your family feels about it, whether they stay or whether they, whether they go, whether, whether your, your, your boss fires you because of your stand upon the word of God, those things won't shake you because that's not where your heart is. Your heart is with the word of God. So that's the question tonight is, where is your heart? Jesus says, where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. So the Bible says that every son that comes to God must be tested. Why is it? Because he wants to see where your heart is. He wants to see who you really are. And, and, and though he knows, he also wants you to know who you really are. He wants you to know what you're made of. He wants you to know just what he's making you into. And, and, and he'll bring you through trials that you never thought that you could make it through that you never thought that you could handle but 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 he'll he'll bring you through to show you just where your heart is and is and, and to show you just the things that you need to let go of and the things that 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 you need to to uh, to turn around and the, the places where you need to be more sincere and where you need to be more vigilant because because he, he's uh, he's showing you where your heart is he's testing you not just for his sake but for your sake you know, many times a child, when they're going to school and, and they feel like, I, I, I don't really know what I'm doing, and they, there's a test coming up, and, and they get anxious, and they get worried, and you have to reassure them, no, do you, you, you've done good in your schoolwork. You've, you've got the good marks. Don't worry about it. It's, it's, it's a test, but it's testing the, the things that you've learned, and you've, you've been diligent. You've studied. You're, you, you've done well on your, on, on your, your, your projects and, and different things, so you're, you, you're going to do good on the test, but the child might be anxious, and and might be uncertain, but when they go through the test and, and, and the test results come back and they've, they've scored well on their, on their test, then, then now all of a sudden they're assured. Now all of a sudden they, they can walk 
walk free and say, I know what I'm doing. I, I know that. I know that, that test. I know those, that English course. I know that math course. I know that science, you know. And, and so their confidence is built. Many times the teacher can look at them and say, well, I know they're doing well. I know they're ready. I, I, I know they're able. But, but, but it's, it's for the, the child's confidence that they know that they're ready, that they know that they can move on because they've passed the test. So when God brings tests our way, it's not just, well, God wants to know. I, I'm in this trial because God is testing me. But God's testing you to, to prove you and to show you that, that, that you that you have held, that you have kept his word, that you have been faithful. And he's showing you now that, that, that because of your faithfulness, because of your stand, because of your prayer life, because of your testimony, you will stand the test. So that you can, so that you can, can, uh, can be able to walk forth and, and overcome greater things. And, and overcome more and, 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 and stand with your brothers and sisters and say, hey, I went through that. God kept me through that. Have you been reading the word? Have you been praying? If you've been praying and reading, don't worry because God will keep you through because God kept me. Why? Because you've been through the test. You read the material and you knew that you know that the material works. You know that it's what's required to, to pull you through so you can encourage others and say, hey, you've also walked the same road that I've walked. So don't worry. You're going to make it, brother. You're going to make it, sister. Just keep on holding on. It's just a test. God wants to show you how great he is. God wants to show you how much he loves you. In the book of Judges, chapter 3 and verse 4, I just want to turn there. There's a couple more verses that we'll maybe read along with that. That verse, it's speaking about the, the uh, tribes that God left in Israel. And it says, in verse 1 of chapter 3, it says, Now these are the nations which the Lord left to prove Israel by them. Even as many of Israel's had not known all the wars of Canaan, only that the generations of the children of Israel might know to teach them war, at least such as before knew nothing thereof. Namely, and then it goes through all these different tribes. And in verse 4 it says, And they were to prove Israel by them, to know whether they would hearken unto the commandments of the Lord, which he commanded their fathers by the hand of Moses. And I love this scripture because, uh, because we know that the Old Testament was shadows and types of greater things to come. And we can look back and we can see ourselves in the Old Testament. We can identify ourselves there through the different trials. And, and it doesn't matter where we come from, what our upbringing is, whether we were raised in the message or not raised in the message, but we can find ourselves there and we can say, you know, God kept these believers. Here's what God did. Here's what God's mind is for my, for my life. God's mind was never defeat, but God's mind was always victory. Always that they would live in peace. That they would live an overcoming life. That, and, and sometimes it was hard. Sometimes there was war. Sometimes there were struggles. Sometimes there was famine. But God's mind was always overcoming. God's mind was always that they would live in a fruitful and a prosperous land. So when we can look at that and we can say, God's mind for me is to be prosperous in his word. My, God's mind for me is that I might overcome. God's mind for me is that I might have peace in my life. That I might have joy in my life. That I might have love that I might have, have faith, that I might have confidence 
in his word and, and overcome all the things that, that life puts in front of me. So in this scripture, we find that we, we know that there was a group of people that came out of Egypt, two million that came out of Egypt, and, and they came out, and, and, and we know that there was another generation that went in to Canaan's land and fought all of those wars and, and, and defeated the tribes and put them into subjection and claimed their, their inheritance, but, but they didn't drive out all the land, and, and God said, you should have driven them out, but he said, now, because you didn't drive them out, I'm going to leave them there. And they're going to be there. And there's going to be a purpose for them to be there. They're not going to be there just because I'm, I'm mad at you. And, and now you're going to have this thorn in your flesh. No, he said, because remember the Bible says in the New Testament, all things work together for good to them who love God, who are called according to his purpose. So even though these older generations had left some enemies in the land, God said, I'm going to take this now and I'm going to work it out for the good of the younger generation. I'm going to work it out for the good of them that love the Lord. Because there's going to rise up people, a generation that didn't come out of the world. There's going to rise up a generation that came out, that came, that grew up in a message home. But he said there's, they're still going to have a flesh. They're still going to have battles. They're still going to have temptations. And when you grow up in the message and, you, and you, you're, you're so innocent and, and, you, and your, your parents keep you from the things of the world and raise you in the nurture and admonition of the Lord and, and, and you know everything's wonderful and you give your heart to the Lord and, and, and you're just rejoicing and you're, and you're growing up and, and all of a sudden the temptations begin to come. And you, and you begin to think, oh, I, I never had it in the first place. But no, that's not what the type says. The type says, I left those people there. I left those tribes there to try you. Because I want to know what your heart is. I want to know what's on the inside. Do you really love me or are you just here because your friends are here? Do you really love me or are you just here because your parents are here? I want to I know and I want you to know. Those of you that were filled with the Holy Ghost as a child, God wants you to know that you're an overcomer. So he puts battles in front of you, and he gives you an unredeemed flesh. And he says, you're going to have to struggle against that. But it's, it's so that you might learn war. And the war in the New Testament was, was the word. Jesus defeated the enemy by the word. When Satan came to him, he, he defeated him by the word. It is written. It is written. It is written. And those who were raised in the, in the message, yet been filled with the Holy Ghost at a tender age, you're, you, you, you're growing in the word. And now the wars come with the flesh. Now the battles come. And God is telling you, just stay with the word. Overcome just like I overcome. The only way you're going to overcome is in Jesus Christ. Just stay with the word. But it's written. But it's written. But it's written. And pretty soon you find out those that were just hanging around because their friends were hanging out. Those that were just there because their parents were, were, were there in the church. And they drift away and they go this way and they go that way. Why? Because they need their own experience. They've come to the grade one test and they failed the test. They come to the grade two test. They failed the test. So they got to go back and they got to relearn. They got to go back. There's no grandchildren in heaven. But God has sons and daughters. So they got to come to the place where they come to meet God. So when the, when the test comes and they fail because they didn't have the Holy Ghost, 
It doesn't mean God doesn't love them. It means God wants them to get the Holy Ghost. So it's time to get down on the altar. It's time to repent. It's time to meet Jesus Christ for ourselves. It's not time to give up and throw up our hands and say, well, well, I guess, uh, I guess God doesn't love me. No, that's the time to get serious. Say, I want to pass this test. How am I going to pass this test? Only through Jesus Christ can you pass the test of the heart. Because it takes a new heart. It takes his spirit within that heart. And he's showing you that you don't got it. But when you do got it, he shows you that you do got it. Remember, he said, I won't give you a trial that you can't handle. Just like David, when David was beginning to grow, he was a young boy, and God looked at him, he said, there's a man after my own heart. What was he? He wasn't a man, a great, mighty, strong man that could just conquer everything that he set his mind to. No, he was a man that always trusted in the word of God. He loved to be in the presence of God. He was a heart player. When God began to gather all these mighty men to him, and, and these, these ones that would win these great victories, they were gathering to a man who was a good heart player. A man that knew how to bring the presence of God. A man that knew how to, in difficult situations, when the pressure was on, to go to the word. But he didn't start with, he didn't start with defeating the wars of the Philistines. He didn't start with conquering Goliath, but he started with looking after his father's sheep. And he was looking after his father's sheep. It was his responsibility that was given to him. And one day, a bear came in. And if he would have just said, just ran home and said, Dad, there's a bear there. Dad, there's a bear. Come help. Let's get some brothers. Let, let's get everybody together and let's go conquer, get rid of this bear, kill this bear because it took a sheep. It's going to take another sheep tomorrow. But no, no, he said, I've been put in charge. I know there's a God that will watch over me. And he began to look at this bear and he began to realize this is a test. This, this is an opportunity. I want to see the power of God in my life. I've heard of the power of God in dad's life. I've heard of the power of God in grandpa's life. I've heard of the power of God in great grandpa's life. But I want to see the power of God in my life. I want to see God answer my prayers. And he began to look at that bear and say, these are my father's sheep and I've been put in charge. And then I'm going after him in the name of the Lord. And he defeated the bear and the lion came another test and he defeated the lion and because he had passed those tests then when he saw there was a Philistine giant standing there he didn't think about his dad he didn't worry about well when the bear came I went and got dad when the lion came I went and got Eliab no he went when when uh, when the giant came he knew his God when the giant came, he knew what he was talking about. He knew already that God would hear his prayers. He knew already that, that Jehovah Jireh was the God of Israel. He knew already that God was going to come on the scene. That these were the armies of the Lord. And, and there he went and he defeated the giant. And when he went to, when he went to Saul and Saul said, How are you going to do it? You're just a small fellow. He didn't say, well, I've been practicing. 
I'm pretty sure I, I'm pretty sure I can do this. I hit the tree. I hit the target on the tree nine times out of ten. I'm pretty sure I got this guy. But no, he said, the same God that helped me kill the bear, the same God that helped me kill the lion, he's going to help me kill this uncircumcised Philistine. And you got to come to that place. You might be just a child. You might be just a child in Christ, just a young believer. And God's not going to give you a a Philistine giant on the first day, but he's going to give you a test that you can handle. The first time we get a, a little bump on our toe or a little toothache, what do we do? Do we just run to the hospital or run to pastor so-and-so or, 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 or uh, what do we do? Pull out the cream that grandma always gave us to put on our toe or do we go to God? Say, Lord, when we reach the age of accountability and we realize that there's a God, the God that speaks to mom and dad, Lord, that same God, I want him to speak to me. That same God that hears dad's prayer, I want him to speak to me. The same God that hears mom's prayer, I want him to speak to me. And we go to God for that little trouble, and God heals our little troubles. And something bigger comes along. And God watches over us. And something bigger comes along, and God hears our prayer. And we get the victory. And we're growing, and we're learning, and we're passing the test. God is showing us. God is, is leading us because he's not, he's not raising, he, he's not raising, uh, forgive me brothers, he's not raising a bunch of office men, but he's raising warriors. Yeah. Warriors of the faith. Yeah. He's raising men that will stand on the word of God no matter what comes their way. I'm way off my subject. But here God put them there to to prove Israel. To prove them. To try their heart. To know where their heart was. That's why God, God tries you and tests you to see where your heart is. Where your heart is, that's where your treasure will be. What did they love? There was many that just loved the, the idol worship and loved the ceremonies and, and loved the groves and, and all. They loved the, the priests and the garments and, and the silver and the gold and, and all of these things. And the elaborate sacrifices and the big altars to Baal and, and whatever more. And they went their own way and judgment would come upon them. But there was a little group that always turn back to God and begin to cry out to God. Say, Lord, like Gideon, Lord, where's these miracles? Where's these miracles? There's many that, that, that have their excuses. Well, I would have served God, but. No, there's always a choice. God is always looking. See where your heart is. He, puts, he doesn't put anything in front of you more than you can handle. Well, 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 my mom, well, well, my dad. No, God wouldn't give you a trial that was more than you could handle. He wanted to see. He wanted to test you. He wanted to prove your heart. He wanted to show you that you needed to come deeper. The message, oneness, Brother Branham says, Here we are in the end time, coming from the east and west, north and south. What are we doing? 
getting ready for that rapture, getting ready for holding ourselves steady for a few minutes till every fiber is filled with the Holy Ghost. I seen an advertisement on the way here. It had the slogan, be future ready. And I think above that slogan, it should have had a picture of End Time Message Tabernacle, but it was an advertisement for Nate College. Be future ready. And it had a picture of, this is a future, future mechanical technician. This is a future healthcare worker. Be future ready. I don't think you can be ready for a future in this world, an unpredictable world, when who knows what lies around the corner. But I think you can be ready. I know you can be ready for a future home. I know there's a place where you can get ready for your future, for a real future, for an eternal future. But he says, we're getting ready for that rapture. What are we doing here? We're getting ready for that rapture. Where, remember, where your treasures are, there will your heart be also. Why are you here tonight? Because you got treasures laid up somewhere. Because, because you got a desire to go somewhere. Where your treasures are, that's where your heart is. So you want to be in a place to prepare you to go where your treasures are. To go up to glory. He said, what are we doing here? We're getting ready for that rapture, holding ourselves steady for a few minutes. I think he was speaking about God's time. We're just, just hold yourself steady for a few minutes. That's hard to do in this day. Hold yourself steady for a few minutes. Until what? Till every fiber is filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, I think I got it. Well, I had an experience. Just hold yourself steady until every fiber. Don't get distracted. Don't get your mind on laying up treasures down here, laying up possessions down here, laying up a future down here. Keep your focus on things above. Keep your focus on the eternities. Hold yourself steady for a few minutes until every fiber is filled with the Holy Ghost. Wait till every fiber is full. He says, then she'll go up. Oh my, then she'll go up. So what are we doing here tonight? We're beyond the seals. We're beyond the opening of the word. The mysteries have been revealed. We have the fullness of the word and we're rejoicing in it. So what are we doing here? It's not time to say, well, I got it. Now I can go work on my career. Well, I got it. Now I can get distracted with my family. Now I got it so I can go on, on vacations every weekend. But no, hold yourself steady till every fiber is full. Because where's your heart at? If your heart's not in the word of God, then you'll be here for a little while then you'll get back focused on where your heart is. But if your heart is in Jesus Christ, and your heart is in heavenly things, and your heart is focused on the word, then you're going to want to be here because you're going to want every fiber to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You're, gonna, you're not going to want to miss what God's doing. You're not going to want to miss, like Brother Ed was speaking about this morning, every time you listen to a message, you get something new from it because your revelations come a little deeper in Christ. So you come to church not expecting to hear the same thing, not expecting to be patted on the back, but expecting to come a little bit further in Jesus Christ. 
a couple more fibers full of the Holy Ghost. As it says in Galatians 5, verse 16, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. There's still a battle. There's still a, a warring going on. There's still a testing happening. Your heart's still being tested. But So how, how then do we overcome? Walk in the Spirit. Keep your focus on things above. Walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. That's the only way to do it is to stay in Jesus Christ, forgetting the things that are behind you and just walking forward with God. For the flesh lusts us against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary the one to the other so that you cannot do the things that you would. And that discourages us so much because, because we feel like every time we get in the presence of God, we feel like, now I'm going to be perfect from here on out because God is perfect, because there's no fault in him, there's no sin in him. And when you, when you get into that present, you just feel like, Lord, just, ah, oh, if I could just walk with you like this, I know I'd never make a mistake again. And you leave from there, and, and, and pretty soon you trip up over here, and you make a mistake over there, and you get uptight about this, and, and, and th that happens, and you get stressed out, and you're worrying about this. And you think, Lord, what happened? The flesh lust is against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And they're contrary one to another. But where's your heart? Where's your heart? Where your treasures are, that's where your heart will be. If the word of God is your treasure, you'll keep coming back. Every time you make a mistake, you'll come back to the word and say, Lord, forgive me. Lord, I didn't mean to do that. I don't want to offend the most precious thing in my heart. Amen. They're contrary to one another. So you cannot do the things that you would. I just want to say, without love, without the Holy Ghost, it's impossible to stand in this day. Maybe in every other day, people could just kind of, people could look at them as a Christian and, and as a good, solid man, oh, look at them. You know, there's, all through life, they kept themselves. They were pure. They, they walked a good life. But maybe didn't have the Holy Ghost. Because it wasn't this evil day. But in this evil day, the pressure is so much greater. The pressure is greater and greater. It used to be, you know, someone would fall away and they just wouldn't come to church. They'd still, you know, you'd see them and they'd still be wearing dresses because everybody was wearing dresses, the women. And, and you'd, see, you'd see the men, they'd still be good, hard workers because everybody was good, hard, honest workers. Not everybody, but the majority of people. You know, it was a good, upstanding, moral society. But it goes down and it goes down and it goes down and it goes down. And when people leave, it's like, pew. They go so far out. Why? Because the pressure is so much greater. You know, when you're driving down the road and, 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 and all of a sudden your, your tire hits a, a big rock that's laying on the road and that tire rolls over the edge of that rock and the rock all of a sudden, pew, gone. Why? The pressure. The pressure just shoots it to the side because it wasn't, it wasn't supposed to be on the road. It wasn't, it wasn't fitting in. It wasn't, it wasn't 
part of the road. It was something that was there where it wasn't supposed to be. And when the pressure came on, it couldn't handle it. It wasn't embedded in all the other rocks. It wasn't solidified. It wasn't anchored there, but it was just sitting there loose. And, and many times people just want to float through the message. They just want to float along and all of a sudden a little bit of pressure comes and boom, they're gone. We got to be rooted and grounded in love. Rooted and grounded. If you ever look at trees and, 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 and the, the, they're, they're, so, they're so beautiful and I love trees and, and uh, my brother's probably laughing at me. But you know, they, they're, they're, they're amazing because you know, as, as high as they can grow, yet the roots have to be so much bigger than what you see on the surface. You want to be a good, good Christian, I was talking to the young people at home, you want to be a good, uh, upstanding Christian that people look up to and is always helping out and being a blessing, get grounded in the word. Because what you do at church is what people see. It's the part of the tree that's up above the ground. But, but the, the roots part, the part that people don't see, the, 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 the hidden life, the, 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 the prayer closet, that that root system has to be two or three times as big as what you see on the surface. So you want to be a good, solid, upstanding Christian? Start reading your Bible and praying more. Dig in deep to the Word. And the more you dig in deep, the more nutrients you're going to be pulling. And the, the tree itself, the part that people see of your life, is just naturally going to grow bigger. You can't help it. You can't help bearing fruit if you got deep roots. We just want to try and try and try and it becomes a message of works. You don't have to work it up. You don't have to make it happen. You just keep digging deep in the word and you won't be able to help bearing fruit. It's impossible to stand in this day without the love of God in your heart, without the Holy Ghost. Brother Ed quoted this morning, 1 John 2 and 15, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. What is it? Where's your heart at? Your heart can't be on the things of God and the things of the world. In the message, Oneness, Brother Branham says, What is it? You've got to get with the word. Get yourself killed out. I'm persuaded that many of us, friends, have received the Holy Ghost, but we just receive enough Holy Ghost in us to make us want to, make us to a place where we don't want to lie, we don't want to steal, we don't want to do anything. My, it doesn't sound so bad. It sounds like a, a Christian church, and it is. It's a, it's a, a church he's talking about. You get to a place where you, you want to live right. You want to do right. And that's good. But don't stop there. See, we get to a place where we don't want to do anything. But God wants to fill every fiber of his church. He wants to fill your thinking. Oh, it's not an excuse that our thoughts be straying. It's not an excuse that, well, my heart's in heaven, but I can think whatever I want. My heart's in the word, but, you know, I can just dwell upon these other things. But no, he wants to fill your thinking, and he wants to fill your mind. He wants to fill, doesn't the Bible say, think upon things that are pure, think upon things that are holy and have a good report? That's the word of God. That's what God, where God wants your mind to be at. Yeah. 
And your mind is going to reflect what's in the heart. It's got to come from the inside, not something that's worked up. Oh, I've got, got to get rid of that thought. Got, got, got to get rid of that thought. But no, what do you love? What's the greatest commandment? To love the Lord your God with all your heart. It's what it's got to start with, the love of God. All right, where are we at here? God wants to fill every fiber of his church. He wants to fill your thinking. He wants to fill your mind. He wants to fill every bit of you. Just make you completely, totally dead to yourself or to your thinking. Just so surrendered in God till his words just living right through you. You don't know nothing else but God's word. Just stay right with his word. His word. The kingdom of God is God's word made power. The kingdom of God. That's where your treasures are laid up. Are your treasures laid up in heaven? If your treasures are laid up in heaven, that's your kingdom. You've been birthed into the kingdom. Birthed into the kingdom of God. And what's the kingdom of God? Brother Branham says it's God's word made power. One day the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our Lord. When he comes, how is he going to defeat the enemy? How is he going to defeat the kingdoms? By the sword that proceeds from his mouth. The word of God. Well, these denominations rely on human reasonings. Upon human reasonings. Listen close now. We are not to rely upon human reasonings. Proverbs 3rd chapter. Rely not on your own understanding. Don't do it. No matter what God's word seems like. My Brings it back to what's in your heart. Because if, if God's word begins to seem unfathomable and, and it can't possibly work for your situation, if, you're, if your heart, if you're not in love with God in your heart, that's when the test comes. When, when it seems like, how is the word going to work for my situation? So if your heart's not in the word, then you think, well, I'm just going to go talk to my buddy over here and see what he would do. But if, you're, if your heart's in the word, if, if, you're, if, you're, if you're every fiber is being filled with the Holy Ghost because you're in love with God, because your treasures are laid up in heaven, your confidence is not in this earth, but it's, it's in glory, it's in Jesus Christ, it's in his word. And if that's where your, your heart is at, then you're going to hold on. And Brother Branham is encouraging us here, just keep holding on. Don't do it. Don't rely on your own understanding, no matter what God's word seems like. But just stay with the word. If, if you see the promise of God for your situation, it will hold true. Just stay with it. God's plan was... Not to make an organization. Organizations are made for men to, to take power over other men. To create a hierarchy. Nicolaitanism. But, but God, God's plan, God wants to bring maturity to the believer by restoring faith. God wants to bring his plan to complete realization 
Because remember, you've, you've obtained a pearl of great price. You've obtained eternal life. You've given up everything for eternal life. And, and now, down through the ages, believers and, and saints of God have been waiting for this last day. Have been waiting for the day of the Lord. Right from, right from Paul's time. We could read about it in 1 Corinthians 15. In, in Paul's time, Paul was, Paul was, was preaching and, and he says, now this I say, brethren, that in verse 50 of, of uh, 1 Corinthians 15, now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. So now we know that God sent this message in this last days to restore the faith of the children back to the faith of the fathers. And here we're reading about the faith of the fathers. And Paul is saying, I'll show you a mystery. We won't all sleep. Paul's looking at it. He's, he's got so much faith. He says, the Lord is coming soon. I'll show you a mystery. We won't all sleep. He's looking at it like it's right there at the door. He doesn't know that the, the seed's going to go into the ground and die. And, and it's going to be a couple thousand years before, before the rapture comes. But he's got faith. And now God is restoring our faith right back to where Paul's is. Right back so that we can now stand like Paul and say, we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye. It becomes more than just the scripture, but it becomes us. Because we're holding that which is of eternal value. We've laid up our, our treasures, not on earth, but in heaven. And that's where our heart is. And we're looking to that and saying, this is the day when we'll realize the true value of what we have received. The true value of, of God's eternal plan and, and, and God's plan to bring us back to himself. We're living in that moment. He says, I'll show you a mystery. We won't all sleep but we shall all be changed. And now here we are. I love every time I see that word mystery in the Bible because I know I'm living in the day when the mysteries are finished. In a moment in the twinkling of an eye, the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. Oh my, this is, this is the treasures. This is, this is where it gets real. This is, this is what you've invested in. This incorruption shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality. Then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. What is it? Why did God restore back the word in this day? So that you could have confidence in the word. So you could have confidence in your Lord Jesus Christ. So you could know what he said. And you can know what he meant. And you can know all these things. Like, like the angel 
when the angels came to Abraham and, 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 and Abraham recognizes the Lord and the Lord begins to speak with Abraham and, and the Lord begins to show him, you'll have a son and, and, and oh my, he's, he's just fellowshipping with Abraham and, and the angels turn and head towards Sodom and Abraham says, oh, shall I hide anything from, from Abraham? Seeing as he'll inherit all things and he'll teach his, his children and, 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 and all these things and God is just desiring to fellowship with Abraham and here in this day as, as the, the mysteries have been revealed as the Lord has come down the mighty angel has descended and oh he could have just said your bride and I'm going to take you home to be with me he could have just said that and left it there and went out and judged the world but no he desired to show us his plan he desired to show us all of these things as it was in the days of Lot as it was in the days of Noah so shall it be. And, 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 and God sending his gift and, and begin through his prophet to reveal all of the mysteries. Why? Because he wants to have fellowship with you. Because he wants to show you how much he loves you. And how much he, he just desires to stay with us. And here we are in this, this time. The prophets come and gone along. The work has all been done as we sing the song. We're not waiting for more answers. We're just basking in the sun. What is it? We're just staying with the bridegroom. The prophet has come and he's gone. But the bridegroom is still here. The Lord is still here. Now he's looking to see where is your heart. Are you just looking for an intellectual conception of the message? Or do you love him and desire to enter into that secret place and know him? Know him in the power of his resurrection. Know him in the power of his word. If that same spirit that dwells in you that also was in Christ, it shall also quicken your mortal bodies. Therefore, in verse 58, therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. What he's saying, he's saying hold fast, just keep pressing on, just like, just like Brother Branham was telling us, just set still, just hold steady for a few minutes till every fiber is filled Paul's admonishing us the same way. Hold fast. Be steadfast. Unmovable. It's going to take confidence. It's going to take confidence in our Lord. The only way you can have that kind of confidence in him is if you've got faith in him. The only way you can have faith in him is if you're in love with him. If you're truly in love with the word. Philippians 4 and verse 5 says, Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. Amen. Appreciated that testimony this morning. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. If there was ever a day when we needed the peace of God that passes all understanding. It's today. But he says that it's there. Just make your request known to the Lord with thanksgiving. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, 
shall keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. You've invested in the right place. You laid up your treasure in the right place. This bank is sure. This bank is not, this banking system is not going to fall apart. It's absolute. When you've placed your confidence in the word of God, the peace of God will keep you. Keep your hearts and your minds, he says. In this time when men's hearts are failing for fear, the world is going insane. But he said, I'll keep your hearts and your minds. The peace of God. Matthew 5, 8 says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. The pure in heart. Those who've had to change on the inside. Where's your heart? He's testing your heart. He's testing your heart. He's bringing you through trials. He's bringing you through sicknesses. He's bringing you through financial struggles. Why? He's testing your heart. He wants to see what you're going to do, and he wants you to see what's on the inside. When you get to a place where you can't keep yourself anymore, where you just want to give up, but something on the inside, something on the inside begins to well up. Something on the inside steps up. Why? Because you made the investment. You put your treasures in the right place. You gave your all to him. You went to his bank and you said, I'm putting it all in. I'm putting everything. I'm depositing all, all that I've got. I'm just depositing it here. And you can draw all that you need. Even when you feel like you've reached the bottom of the barrel, you feel like you're pulling out more than you ever put in, it's still there. The pure in heart, they shall see God. The pure in desire, behind, maybe as Brother Branham talks about that, the doors in our heart. And he talks about the door of my private life. You know, what's behind that door? I think that door really tells where we've laid our treasures up. If we could look into that door, and we can't look into one another's door of their private life. But the Lord looks down. He knows what's in our private life. We need to open that door to him and say, Lord, Lord, clean out my private life. Clean out the things that, 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 we, that, that, we, uh, that nobody else knows about. The things that we're hiding from everybody else. Lord, you know about them. Lord, clean them up. Lord, I struggle in this area. I struggle in that area. Lord, just clean it up. Maybe that could be our prayer tonight. Lord, just, just clean up my heart. Lord, clean out my desires. Clean out. Lord, you, you know the test that I've failed. You know the times when, when, I, thought, when I thought that you were the, the most valuable thing. And, and yet when the test came along, I compromised. When the test came along, I made the wrong decision. Lord, clean up my private life. The things that I look at, the things that I feed on in my personal time, the things that I, that, that I talk about, the, the friends that I keep that nobody knows about. Lord, clean up my life. Let me come to that place where, where my all is on the altar, that you might fill every fiber. 
that there be nothing else taking up room in my life, nothing else taking up space. The book of Romans, chapter 6, it says, But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered to you. Being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. What kind of a servant? A servant that's serving from the heart. But now being made free from sin and become the servants of God, you have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. Where your treasures are, there will your heart be also. Now is not the time to be distracted. Now is not the time to, to worry about the things of this world. But as Jesus said, look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Now's the time to, to check up and say, Lord, have I passed the test? Maybe as the musicians come. Try me, O God, and know my thoughts, I pray. See if there be any wicked thing in me. Prove me. wonder if we could sing that song, Lord, I lift your name. Maybe we could stand together. If you haven't made that deposit... If you haven't given everything for that pearl of great price, let me encourage you tonight, make that deposit. Gain that pearl. Gain that pearl. That you might reap the fruit of holiness and of everlasting life. It comes with a sacrifice made by love. It's not, a, it's not a life of works. It's, it's not a life of, of, of pretending. It's not a life of, of trying to be better than somebody else, but it's a life that's, that's lived in love. Love for the one who first loved you. Love for the one who gave his all that, that we might become him. He became us so that we might become him. If he didn't become us, if he didn't make that sacrifice, we couldn't become him. We had no hope. We sometimes look at ourselves and we think, well, I'm, I'm pretty good. I, I got it figured out. I can, I, I, can, I can balance this. But it won't avail you anything. What good would it do a man if he gained the whole world, even the popularity of the church, if he lose his own soul? You got to know that you know that you know. How are you going to know? You're not going to know when the pastor tells you you got it. You're not going to know when your mom and dad tell you that you're a good kid. You're not going to know when your boss says, hey, I really, I really like that you did a good job here. But you're going to know 
when you enter into that secret place, when you enter into that little room, and when you come out the other side, you know that something's different. And somebody might ask you, say, well, what happened? What did you do? What prayer did you pray? What did you say? What, well, how, how did it happen? I don't know. But I just know that I'm not the same anymore. I know that, that something happened on the inside. Those things that I used to love, I don't love them anymore. Those things that I used to care about, I don't care about them anymore. It's something happened so that the most important thing in my life is the Word of God. The most important thing to me is that I might be pleasing to my Lord. The most important thing is that I might know Him in the depths of His love. That I might know Him in, 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 in the depth of love, the height of it, the breadth of it. I want to be rooted and be grounded in His love. That's all I know. I just know that I want more of Jesus. You got to get to that place. Do your desires are different. Do you don't come to church and you're looking at the clock saying, I wish it was over. I want to get back to what I was doing. I want to get back to this. I want to get back to that. But when you, when you come to church and you're looking for God, you're looking for Him to move in your life because you got needs and this is the fountain that you came to. This is the fountain you gave your life to. The fountain of Jesus Christ. And you want to come here and you want to know him because something happened on the inside. Something happened in the heart. And then it doesn't matter what test. You're not worried about the tests anymore. You're not worried about the trials anymore because something happened on the inside. You're a changed man. You're a new man. And maybe you've been walking with God for a long time. And things have gotten cold a little bit. Your experience has cooled off. And you're wondering. And you're drifting a little bit. But, but, yet, but yet there's something that in the midst of that, in the midst of that, when there comes a shaking, when there comes a, a waking up time, when there comes a, a moment, when there comes a, a, a trying time. Let me read this scripture to you. I kind of skipped over it. But in Daniel chapter 11, it says in verse 35, And some of them of understanding shall fall to try them and to purge and to make them white, even to the time of the end, because it is yet for a time appointed. This is talking about them that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. But let me read you this verse in the Amplified Version. It says, And some of those who are wise and prudent and understanding shall be weakened and fall. Thus then, the insincere among the people will lose courage and become deserters. It will be a test to refine, to purify, and to make those among God's people white, even to the time of the end, because it is yet for the time God appointed. And when you come to a place, maybe you got friends that have left the message. And, and, and you got friends and, and you're wondering about the message. And you're wondering about, well, why did they, why did they think this? Why did they think that? When it's, when it's so obviously true, look down on the inside. Get back to what's on the inside. Say, why is there something holding me when it didn't hold them? Why is there something that's keeping me when it didn't keep them? Get back to your first love. Get back to that fire of God burning within us. 
that fire that's in love with God, we recognize that the reason you're still here when all of them have left is because of where your treasures are. It's because there was something on the inside that happened. There was something on the inside that changed. And what are you going to do about it? Just give thanks to God. Give glory to God. Give praise to the one that kept you because your victory is not in yourself. Your victory is in Jesus Christ. How are we going to get out of here? How are we going to go have a rapture? How are we going to have a body change because of Jesus Christ? Because He won the victory over death. Because He will bring us through. He will, will bring us through to a place where we just trust in His Word. Word after word after word. How can you trust Him when the world looks at you and says, how can you still trust Him when the world is in the place that it's in? I don't know, but I just love Him. Where else would I go? Thou alone has the words of eternal life. Oh, praise God. Lord, my heart can grow so far away and cold. Oh, have you ever been there? And yet for me, your love is still the same. Oh, just give him thanks tonight. He's worthy. Oh, Lord, I've been my Offer. 
Thank you, Jesus. Oh, just tell him that you love him tonight. Blessed be your name. Oh, my comforter, my king. Oh, God. Lord, how blessed we are to serve a living God, one that, that knows us, one that knows our name, one that knows our needs, one that cares about the least of our needs, oh God. Blessed be your name. Oh Lord, you are holy. You are so mighty. You are so wonderful, Lord Jesus. Lord, we give ourselves to you afresh. We give you our hearts afresh, Lord. We give you our lives, Lord. Renew us, oh God. Rekindle the revival of our hearts, Lord Jesus. Lord, we bless your name, oh God. We bless your name. We bless your name. Do you know that song, Faithful One, so unchanging? Faithful One, so unchanging. Oh, aren't you thankful for that? Ageless One, you're my rock of peace. Oh, Lord of all, I depend on you. Love to you.
bow our heads together. Oh, Lord Jesus, truly our hope is in you alone, oh God. Father, oh God, what a, what a, what a word that we have received in our day, Lord. Lord Jesus, just when we see you making yourself real to us day by day, Lord, just adding line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. Oh, God, your word says, despise not the day of small things. Forgive us, Lord, if we've let the small things distract us, oh, God, and trip us up, Lord Jesus. Father, forgive us, Lord. We're just coming back to you tonight and saying, Lord, purify our hearts. Lord, we want to be pure in heart that we might see you, O oh God. Lord Jesus, we love you, dear God. And Lord, we give you our hearts. We give you our lives. Lord Jesus, you see each one. You see each heart. You see the desires of our heart, Lord. Your word is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Lord, you knew, Lord, that we would be here. You knew the word that would be spoken, Father. So many things tonight, Lord, that weren't even in my notes or in my mind to say, but Lord, you knew who needed to hear it tonight. Father God, may they not turn it down. May they not refuse it, O oh God, but Lord, may they just, just come before you reverently and, 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 and humbly, Lord Jesus, and just receive all that you have for them, Lord God, because you have so much for us, Lord. Lord, when I read Paul in Ephesians and he says, oh, this is my desire, that you would know the depths of the love of God, that you would be rooted and grounded. Lord, I believe that's the desire of every minister, that, that Lord, each of your sons and daughters would not be a shallow at all, not be swayed, not be tossed about, but Lord, may each one of them be rooted and grounded in, the, in your love, Lord Jesus. Lord, may their hearts be set upon you, Lord. May their treasures be laid up in heaven. Teach them, Lord, how to do that. Teach them, Lord, how to, to, to yield to that still, small voice, oh God, that, Lord, because you're our guide, you're our leader, Lord, and Lord, you have so much for us if we can just yield ourselves to you and just let you have the preeminence in our lives, Lord. Be with us, Holy Spirit, we pray. Lord God, as we go our way and lead us and guide us, Father, we ask in the precious name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. I wonder if we could sing one more song as we turn the service back to Brother Ed. In that city where the Lamb is the light. There's a country far beyond the starry sky. There's a city where there never comes a night. If we're faithful, we shall go there by and by. To that city where the land is the light. In that city where the land is the light. Oh, the city where there cometh no night. Yes, I've a mansion over there. And when free from toil and care, I am going where the land is the light. Sunshine. 
Sunshine fade, let twilight bring its gloom. Oh, not a shadow can my blissful soul affright. For I know, for I know that up in heaven. 